let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we're back once again. And once again, we are starting with beers in glass this week, aren't we, mate? Yeah, we've got three beers each. However, in a break from tradition, Steve, we've got three different beers each. So six beers in total between us. Yes, but we have also both drunk the three beers that the other's drinking. Yeah, we've got a bit timey-wimey, haven't we, on this? Yeah. We've got a bit timeline. The beers are from Donkey Stone Brewery in Oldham. Uh, very kindly sent to us in the last couple of weeks. Um, I am looking forward to this first one. I am very much looking forward to it in my, in my glass. I think um, worth diving in, Steve. Yeah, let's let's get in and then we can talk about what we've what we're actually drinking. Yeah, cheers. Hmm. Actually, that's a session IPA, three point seven percent, but I've got in a four forty. Very refreshing. Very refreshing. Little bit um, lemony. I, I'm getting a little bit of a still got a decent malt backbone to it, but there's some fruity hop character coming through there as well. Um, yeah, that's a good opening beer for me. I have to admit, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, it's, that's, the, that's the Ferris Mueller, is, Ferris isn't it? Ferris Mueller. I presume, it says Rad Session IPA, so I suppose it's short for Radical yeah. Session IPA. I mean, I don't know what's overly radical about it, unless you do. But you've already, so you've already tried this one, Steve. I have, what, yes. What, what did you think of it? Um, first word you mentioned there was, was about it being lemony. And, and on my hidden untapped notes, my, my comment on that beer says light lemon nose, citrus throughout with a crisp bit of finish. I, I, I think it's a really uh, inoffensive session IPA. What is it, 3.5% as well, something like that, isn't it? 3.7, so yeah, I mean, it's a, that's, a, that's a good session strength. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, it is light. I mean, it's, very light, it's a very light colour in the glass as well. It doesn't feel like they've tried to build up the body in any particular way. Um, it definitely feels like, you know, to coin a phrase that got used on the last show, pints are achievable of this beer. Yeah, very much so. I found it really refreshing when, when I tried it. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. So which one have you opened with, Steve? I'm starting with the Kai, which is a double dry hopped Chinook New Zealand IPA. Uh, coming in at uh, just 5%. Um, now, the first thing I'm going to say is I was really, really surprised at the appearance of this beer when I poured it out because I saw the words DDH and straight away I thought it's going to be hazy. It's, it's going to be a little bit murky. It is crystal clear in, in this glass. It comes in a really sort of light colour as, as well. So it's like a almost, it almost looks like a lager in, in the glass. On the nose, it's, um, it's full on kind of proper you get the chinook from it it's kind of classical classical hot profile on on that and then i've got to say i drank it and i was like this this reminds me of something and i was like it's like jaipur it's it's very similar to the the, the profile that you get on jaipur you get loads of citrus going on in the mouth it's, but it's really crisp and it's really refreshing and it finishes with this with this lovely sharp bitterness at the end it's a it's a really tasty little beer actually yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that when I tried it. Um, you know, again, I mean, I didn't Im immediately link it to Jaipur, but I knew I liked it. I knew that it was a beer that I could drink more of. And it, unlike a lot of the times I say, I was actually a bit disappointed to find it only in a 3.30 at the time. I was really enjoying it that much. 
Um, 5% that one, isn't it, Steve? It, it is, yeah. And it also, uh, so they've used Vienna malt in this as, as well. So I'm, I'm wondering if that is, is impacting on its profile a, a little bit. You'd expect it to add a bit, maybe a bit more malt character in the backbone of it. But equally, it hasn't added to the colour because often a Vienna lager is a bit darker in colour, isn't it? So yeah. they've obviously been quite uh, prudent with its use. It's not like they've overloaded it. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, se it seems like our, our opening two beers um, are pretty good so far. That they are. And as, as you mentioned, we were, we were sent these by Donkey Stone Brewing. Um, I have to say, uh, hadn't really come across them before until they, that, that they got in touch. But they, they sent us across six beers each to try. Um, they're based, as you say, in Oldham, founded in 2017. Um, and they had a number of original recipes when they were first founded that have eventually found their way into becoming their core beers. Um, and they've continued to grow and expand as, as well as a brewery. So they've, they started off doing cask and keg and they're now featuring um, their beers in, in bottles and cans as, as well. And it does seem as though they've got quite the, quite the range because I think across these six beers that we're doing, obviously for, for starters, it's, it's six different beers that, that, that we're doing. Mm. But I think we've got, um, we've got a couple of Palau's, a couple of IPAs, there's a black IPA and there's a, there's a red IPA or well, a double red IPA as, as well. So that's, that's, quite, that's quite the range of beer, isn't it? It is the range of beer and it was good of them to um, choose beige as the colour of the beer that you've opened with, Steve, as well. <laughs> we were talking off air before we started about, um, you'd noticed on one of the beers that I'd already had about shaking the can. Yes. Is it on all of them? No, um, so on... Because it's, it's on this Session IPA. Ah, see, no, I didn't see that when, when I drank that one. And I think you con conversely said that you didn't see it on the one that it's on of, of, of mine. Yeah, um, which is really odd. Um, I, I'm really not sure why you'd be shaking... Well, firstly, my experience with shaking cans usually means there's a bit of a mess coming. Uh, but secondly, shaking a can when it's a Session IPA. But I've got a little bit left, so I might... See how that looks when I do shake it a little bit. Well, well it does say on, on, on the one I've got, and this, this is the one I'll be doing next as well. It says um, it's been developed with a special low carbonation and filtration level to give a beautiful full-bodied flavour some beer. Shake vigorously before opening. Um, now, I'm sure all of our listeners are looking forward to me shaking the living daylights out of this can and it's spraying everywhere. I'm not going to shake it vigorously when the time comes. I'm just going to give it a little rattle. Yeah. I, I think more than anything else. I, I would be very dubious if we were in person recording at home right now, Steve, about you shaking a can of beer before opening it, given your track record. I, I am a spiller. <laughs> yes, I am. I am a spiller. So we'll, we'll go a little bit easy on that one. But no, I'm certainly looking forward to, to, to the other two beers that, that, that I'm going to be trying from Donkey Stone. This, like I say, I've already had, we've both already had the hindsight of, already having tried each other's beers, but certainly from this week's podcast recording, um, I am really, really impressed with this double dry or hot Chinook New Zealand IPA. And likewise with this session IPA at 3.7%, really enjoying it. Although I'm a little confused now because Chinook's an, an American hop. So what makes it a New Zealand IPA? It does. I've actually looked because you were talking about that and you compared it to Jaipur. I did have a little bit of a look. In Untapped, under their style guide, you know, sometimes some breweries do put quite a decent bit of information. They've actually said New Zealand Chinook. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So, oh, I was having a discussion about this um, last night. Apparently, hops are now grown in both America and Australia and New Zealand so that they can get two lots of harvests each year. You mean so the same they, hop? Yeah, yeah. So that you can get a, you, you basically get a northern hemisphere harvest and, and a southern hemisphere harvest as well to in, ensure that there's enough uh, supply to keep up with demand. Oh, where did that start? Because obviously there's been a couple of years previously where hop shortage was mentioned and mooted but never seemed to come to pass it, it came up on the on, on on the sunday club session that we were doing last night uh somebody mentioned uh i can't remember who it was that was on the group i'm sure they'll jump in and let us know um that apparently a lot of the there, there's some concern that this year's crop of uh, American hops are all going to have a slightly smoky profile because of the amount of bushfires that there have been in, in America this year. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd heard that, in which case Mark N. Johnson is looking forward to the beers that come from the American hop harvest this year. Yeah, whereas I'll be exclusively searching out the ones that come from the, the, the southern hemisphere hop harvest. But yeah, I, can, I imagine that's the reason why it's got the New Zealand ilk to it is because the Chinook hop is a New Zealand grown Chinook cop. Fair enough. That explains everything then. There you go. Job done. There was yeah. a fact. We found some facts, Dave, already. So early in the show. I know. It's peaked very soon here <laughs> this, this week. As we carry and enjoying our respective beers, Steve, what have you been up to recently? Well, I think we're going to come on a little bit later on to, to maybe some visits out that we've done, um, because that very much ties into this week's opinions discussion that we'll be having. Um, but we have done uh, a, a few things at home, and obviously we've both been enjoying some beers at home. And one of the things that I did want to mention was last week we had our uh, monthly virtual Essex Bottle Share. Uh, which is which is great. We're really getting a, a feel for how we do that on online now. But we were we were joined by the first for the first time ever um, on one of our certainly on one of our virtual meets by uh, a brewer uh, in the guise of the nicest man on Twitter in brewing possibly in the world, uh, and that's that was Andy Parker. He joined us for our bottle share last week because we were doing his Carven Yams as uh, as our feature beer, which was the coffee porter with pumpkin and spices yeah I, I believe it was and uh, I, I just want to take this opportunity to thank Andy for giving up uh, a couple of hours of his Tuesday evening to to, to sit with us reprobates why we, we we sat and and got merrily drunk in front of him and to be fair he put up with us for a good couple of hours didn't he <laughs> he, he did yeah you know credit where credit's due to the guy um as our you know our witterings carried on in, in their usual fashion on the bottle share group um, but it was it was nice. There was a few technical questions came up for Andy. I'd hasten to add, not from Steve or myself, from other people who know stuff. Um, but what people want to know: what did we think of the beer? Given our comments online and on this show in the past, Steve, pumpkin beer. I think we ended up with that one partly because it was Andy, but partly because people wanted uh, us to try the pumpkin beer anyway. What did you think of it? It was uh, very coffee forward, so it, it did have a big coffee profile, and and then maybe with some of the pumpkin and some very very subtle spices coming through on the finish, um, it was it was okay. 
for for me. I could have probably lived without the the, the pumpkin and those subtle spices at the end. And I, and I think from having the discussion on the evening, I think I recall that you very much enjoyed it more than I did. Yes, um, I surprised myself. Um, I enjoyed it enough to, I think, make a very bold claim, but I thought it was nicer than Spellbinder. Yeah, which really surprised me because I have been absolutely loving the different iterations of Spellbinder that, that I've, I've tried this year. And um, I certainly don't think it's, it's better than Spellbinder. I, I, I would still, if I had to choose between the two, I would go Spellbinder every single time. I think at the moment I would go for the, the Carvin Yams 2020. I think partly because the, um, the pumpkin was subtle. It wasn't overused. It was still well balanced. And probably what it did do for me is sometimes when I've had Spellbinder, maybe the coffee's just a bit too bold. And maybe the pumpkin and some of those little bit of spicy notes towards the end sort of offset some of the overt coffee notes for me. I found it incredibly drinkable. I really did enjoy it. Um, I think it was fairly universally loved by everyone. I think so. And that wasn't just everyone being polite because Andy was there. I, yeah. I think, I think everybody genuinely enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting just picking up on your, what were you were saying about the, the, the coffee profile of it. You're, you're not a big coffee drinker anyway, are you? So no, my coffee drinking, um, I have probably taken it up a little bit, especially during lockdown, just to give me a bit of variety during the day but it's not my default hot drink of choice. I would always go tea rather than coffee, whereas you're the other way around, aren't you? You're a coffee man through and through. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I probably look for that that bolder hit maybe that you get from Spellbinder, from from the coffee, than, than, than maybe that the, the was there in the Carvin Yams. Yeah, like I, said, I think that the Carvin Yams were just a lot more rounded for me. I think there was definitely similarities between that and the Spellbinder, which isn't a shock. You know, it's the same brewer saying, you know, he, he's got a, a way of making his beers. I think if, if you see it, I'll give it a go. And if you're a bit dubious about pumpkin, like me and Steve have been in the past and probably still by and large in the future, um, it's well worth hunting out, I think. I'd agree. Absolutely agree. So, so that was that was a good night. And like I say, just thanks again to Andy for, for coming along and joining us. Um, I'm sure you've probably drunk a little bit more than just what we had on Bottle Share last week, though, haven't you, mate? Well, yes. I mean, to be honest, drunk enough on bottle share as well, judging by when I looked at my lineup the next day. Um, actually, I'd forgotten about one thing. I, I had my second work beer tasting. Oh, OK. Yeah. So uh, Clayton and I have transitioned uh, to the virtual world, like, like most things have. And uh, a big shout out to Joe Llewellyn Jones, who some people may have heard on uh, Rhythm and Breeze podcast a few months back, uh, currently working at the Beavertown Brewery in a very empty, empty Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, he's, the, he's behind the rambling beer man. And essentially, he will source four beers, send it out to all your participants, so thereby sorting out the logistics for you, open up your Zoom call, invite everyone in, and off you go. Talk us through the beers, etc. And it was a good way for me to see some colleagues that I don't generally interact with, so some of them I haven't seen for quite some time. And although it's just on the other side of the screen, it was still good. And then we had a few drinks afterwards as well. So I had to be, that was good fun. Um, no real standout beers, but I did try a New England Pale Ale. So not a New England IPA, a New England Pale Ale called Road Soda from Mondo. Um, I don't often see Mondo beers, so it's quite nice to have. 
and it was a style that I could get on with. It was very light, still had fruity notes going on, which you'd expect from anything which has the words New England prior to the style of beer. Um, but very sessionable, easy to drink, a bit more rounded than usual, and uh, uh, definitely a crowd pleaser from the 20 or so participants we had on the call that night. So that was good fun, and it was also uh, a nice beer to, to kick it off with, with the Mondo. Um, but yeah, I've also uh, sampled some beers from Treehouse recently, sticking on the New England IPA theme. And one in particular I want to mention, I'll be honest, I've been a bit hit and miss with a couple of the Treehouse beers. I know that they're massively well regarded, so don't get me wrong. Um, I had, I think, a selection of five or six, two or three of them. I really couldn't tell the difference between the different beers. I knew they were different beers because Michelle took a lovely picture with a different can, but I couldn't spot it when I was drinking it, which is a little bit disappointing for me. But the one that I did really rate was Seven. And I've just got on here, stunning showcase of fruitiness, and despite its appearance, which is full-on fruit juice appearance, was quite light with regards to the mouthfeel, no savoury undertones, no bits, no cloying sweetness. Very dangerous for the ABV. So definitely all of the good qualities that people associate with a New England IPA were there in abundance. And the ones that I don't like weren't present at all. So yeah, Seven from Treehouse was a real highlight of the selection of Treehouse beers I had. But obviously you need to balance that out. You can't just have New England in your life, can you, Steve? You need to no, have a bit of West Coast. You've got to have some West Coast in there as well. And um, speaking of West Coast, Russian River Brewing Company. I had my first beer from them. Uh, not the original Pliny. However, probably one which is quite relevant at the moment. Pliny for President 2020. Um, 8% double IPA. Simply fantastic. Simply fantastic. Um, it was just everything you'd want from a West Coast inspired IPA. And at 8%, if I think the 8% treehouse was dangerous for its ABV, for me, the Pliny, that 8% didn't drink it for me, but it's the kind of beer I'm looking for. Um, and you, you were lucky enough to, to have one of these as well, weren't you, Steve? Yeah, I, I got one of those. Thanks to, to to Michelle who who grabbed me one as as, as well. Why she got your order of them? And yeah, I think the, the the point that you missed out there is is that it's a double dry hopped version of of Pliny. Oh, yes, is, isn't it? And it's it's actually because I, I, I did a little bit of reading up on it. It's actually only released every four years to coincide with the American presidential elections. But this is the first time that they've ever put it into small pack. So before, it's only ever been available as a kegged beer and so therefore only ever available in the US. Oh and, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. I literally didn't know that. And just remarking on the double dry hopped element. Still very clear in the glass. It's very clear and it didn't soften it in, in any way. It was still that piney resinous bitter finish on that. Yeah and as as you say an absolutely cracking beer. Um I it did not last for very long in my glass. It it really didn't. I, I poured it and about twenty minutes later I was sat there weeping over an empty glass. Yeah, going, where's the other ones? Yes, yeah. But no, um, yeah, I'm, simply incredible beer. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it and you know definitely on my hit list for play somewhere to visit as and when those things are permissible again at some point in the future 
because someone did ask me my scoring. I give it a 4.75 out of 5 for anyone who's interested in my untapped rating. And I said, to be honest, if I was in the home of Pliny, drinking it at the tap room, I'd be probably be looking to give it 5 plus out of 5, just because of where I'd be at the same time. The day I was drinking it was at home with the news that was coming up about what was going to happen. And it was a bit of a cold, damp day. Um, 4.75 is still very generous from a Mr. A certain Mr. Oates anyway. So I wouldn't be too disheartened. And I'm sure Pliny and um, Russian River will cope with the lack of that 0.25 anyway. I meant so. Well, I, I gave it a five. It was a straight up five for me. Um, I, I tried not to worry about too, too much about the environment in which I was drinking it and just basically, as I say, lost myself for 20 minutes in, enjoying this incredible beer. Excellent. Really pleased you enjoyed it, mate. Really pleased. Um, the only other beer of note, uh, which obviously has been referenced online and previously by us, uh, Jaipur X, Jaipur 10, the 440 canned version, landed a few weeks ago as part of their gift set. Uh, managed to get a couple of them without having to get the gift set. Um, I was a bit... Un- I looked at previous ratings for Jaipur 10 and this is probably the lowest I've rated it so far. Um, and I, I just got to know it was a quite harsh to begin with. It was, yeah. I wasn't getting even just the normal Jaipur fruitiness from it. Um, there was a dry bitterness throughout, but the fruity piney elements wasn't there. Um, it settled down a bit, but it never quite landed for me. Um, and I did do the whole, it wasn't a, a share at home. I did, have, I think I had the whole can. I've got another couple tucked away. So I'd be interested to see whether that mellows a little bit more. But I certainly wasn't blown away by it. I, I would absolutely agree with you on that. Um, because, yeah, I've tr- I tried it as well. And you can, you can pick up the original Jaipur in there. You can pick up those characteristics. They're there. Um, but in terms of its total package, was it, was it giving me any more than, than Jaipur gives? Not really. Um, did it, did it feel like it was a big boozy bastard? Not really. Um, and yeah, I've got, I've got another one because I, I got one, I signed up to the, the, the Thornbridge beer club. Um, and, and that came in the first month subscription. So I, I think I'm probably just going to sit back on that one, maybe for a couple of months. And, and, and just to see how it how it maybe develops in the can, how it if it mellows out a little bit, if it picks up any new characteristics, uh, because yeah, I was I was far from wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I didn't feel the need, unlike like the Pliny, where I just wanted to open another can, the Jai Portain. I was like, okay, I've done it. See what happens with the other ones in a couple of months now. Yeah, a bit disappointing. Uh, and you're right for the extra ABV didn't add anything uh, a 330 can of normal Jaipur would hit the mark better for me at the moment mm-hmm. than the Jaipur 10 but I'm sure there are other people out there who may have enjoyed it um, so if anyone has let us know and you know we'll with me and Steve will probably revisit it at some point and maybe share our thoughts if there's been any major changes yeah for sure um, speaking of that gift set Steve was there anything any other specials in there worth mentioning there was a, basically my only reason for signing up to the, 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 the Thornbridge Beer Club was because it, it's the only way that you're able to get your hands on the re-release of Wild Raven, 
which is their black IPA. And honestly, since since we recorded our last show, it's the, the, the bipper comeback is in full swing. I am like the proverbial pig in shit at the moment with the amount of black IPA around that that you can find. You've got you've got Wild Ravens back, Magic Eight Balls back finally, and that was tasting incredible. Uh, both of those beers took me back in time in, in terms of to when I first drank them six, seven, eight years ago, which was absolutely brilliant that they've been able to do that. Uh, Beaver Town have, have announced that Black Betty's back as, as, as well. It's, you cannot move for black IPAs at the moment, which is, which is great. And I think it's great that these breweries are revisiting these recipes that um, a lot of people would have maybe cut their, their craft beer teeth on. Certainly for me, um, probably Black Betty more than, say, uh, Wild Raven or Magic 8-Ball was definitely one of the early bippers for me. And I just remember thoroughly enjoying it. Just remember thoroughly enjoying it. And to be honest, until you mentioned it now, I was unaware that it was on its way back. So I, I might have to keep a bit of an eye open for that. Yeah, well, Beavertown have brought back three classics as, as kind of a bit of a winter set. So they've brought back uh, Black Betty, they've brought back uh, Eight Ball Rye IPA, and they've brought back Smog Rocket as well, which is their London Porter, which were, you, you know, they were the three beers that um, alongside Gamma Ray, they were, the, they were the beers that Beavertown launched with back when they had Duke's. Um, restaurant as as well and each of those beers was designed to be paired specifically with a meal yeah yeah and I think we probably had a few of them once when we went there Steve as well for one of your birthdays which feels like many moons ago now yeah years um, back that and I'm, I'm thinking even even bottles as well yes yeah so yeah I, I actually might have to have a little look for that um in fact when Joe hosts our christmas uh work do i might have to make a suggestion you can choose any four beers you like as long as there's a black ipa in there from beavertown as long as there's a black ipa a rye ipa and a <laughs> those <laughs> yeah just go beavertown just just share the love of the of your employers yeah um so yeah we'll see but yeah i mean so wild raven have you had it yet I have um, the one thing that hit me straight away, which uh, obviously the last time I had it was five years ago. And prior to that, Wild Raven was actually, first time I ever drank that was back on, I think it was episode five of the old Beer O'Clock show. We, we, we did Wild Raven. Um, and the one thing that hit me, the minute I put it in the glass, put it in the glass, I smelt it and I was like, there's Sriracha Ace in that. And I never knew. And there is Stratiace in it. It's listed right there on the side of the can, uh, along with the other hops they've used in it. And it works beautifully in well, Wild Raven. Is that the same for Brewdog Jet Black Hop? Yeah, I, I, think, I, think as a, I think as a hop, it performs differently in darker beers. Also, maybe it's more subtly used as well, so that you're still getting the coffee chocolate notes that you're hoping to get with the... Uh, with the darker beers as well. So perhaps it's a bit more, they're a bit more judicious with their, with their use of the hop. Um, but no, I, I didn't know that, but I mean, my wild Raven experience is quite limited. I have to admit, and obviously would have been very limited over the last four to five years. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's great that they've brought it back. And I, I, I'll say, obviously as, as someone that's subscribed to that beer club, I've, I've got my hands on it, which is great. But I, I think it's disappointing that that's the only way you can get it. That they've, they've, they've literally said tonight as we're recorded on Twitter 
that's the only way that you're going to be able to get hold of the small pack version of Wild Raven. Uh, either that or Thornbridge Taproom, and, and certainly the latter is, isn't an option for now. I understand why they've done it from a marketing point of view to push people towards that subscription. But I, I think if I, if I wasn't in a position to be able to shell out 40 quid a month, I, I'd be a little bit annoyed, I've, I've got to admit. True, but I'd equally I'd be annoyed if I signed up for the club and it suddenly got general release in about three months' time as well. So... I'd, I'd, if, if I had forked out 30 quid on the Jaipur box set and then I could have paid 40 quid and got 11 beers, including those three cans and the Teku, I would have been more than a little annoyed. Uh, yes, but I think we, you know, for me at the time, the, the gift set didn't make any sense. Yeah, but I've got to say that beer club, value-wise, like I say, I got 11 beers in, in that first beer club and a Teku glass. So I got four Wild Raven. I got the three uh, Jaipur's. I got the Melba Peach IPA, two bottles of the exclusive beer that they did for the Tramlines Festival, and then a bottle of the Love Among the Ruins, Sour Owl, the one that's aged on raspberries. Yep. That's, that's pretty good value for, for 40 quid. I think it's excellent value. Um, so they didn't, they didn't throw in the socks then? No, the socks weren't hiding in, in there, unfortunately. But I'm looking forward to see what comes in, in that next month. And I think what I'm going to try and do is, is, is avoid, try and avoid any details about it until the box actually arrives. So, so I can have a little bit of a surprise moment of opening the box and seeing what's in there. Okay, that might be easier said than done. Yeah, honesty. especially if they keep sending out pictures of what's in the box in their emailers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck with that one. Yeah. You have yeah. To go, Emma, read that email quickly. Is there a picture? <laughs> yeah, get rid of it for me if there is. <laughs> but but no, it's uh, I've, like I say, I've thoroughly enjoyed revisiting the the, the black IPAs that um, have really reminded me of when I when I first started getting into craft beer. That's that's been a li- little bit of a nostalgia trip for, yeah, for me. I think people are quite enjoying nostalgia at the moment, Steve. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. Uh, just two other beers I want to mention as, as, as well. So I did my first taste of this year's Fuller's Vintage. Um, oh, yeah? How was that's, it? That's now out. It's, it's tasty already, uh, which unlike last year's one, when I first tried it, I, was, I didn't enjoy it. And I was like, that's not ready. Um, I have tried the 2019 a few times since, but I'm going to not mention anything else about that because we are, we will be doing that at the end of the year as, as we do as part of our tradition. We always revisit the previous year's fullers. But, but the 2020, it's, it's tasting bang on now. There's a little bit of harshness, a little bit of bitterness in it, which maybe needs to mellow out a bit. But I, I think in a few months' time, definitely in a year's time, this, this year's vintage is going to be tasting absolutely cracking. Oh, cool. I mean, I think, yeah, we, 2019, we were very hesitant off the first time we had it. Uh, 2018, I recall us loving it straight away. So 2018 this sounds amazing. A bit more than 2018. Yeah. yeah. It sounds in that range again. So, no, that's good. That's good because, uh, you know, there was a little bit of me, but wondered whether it'd even come out, let alone, um, you know, be good. But yeah, presumably, you know. is, this, is this the first one without a head brewer's signature? No, there wasn't a head brewer's signature on last year's one either. Oh, really? Yeah. So 2019 also didn't have one? Yeah, the last one with a head brewer's signature was 2018. Ah, okay. I'd, uh, I'd forgotten that or missed it. Okay, well, I look, I look forward to that when my, my delivery turns up. 
And then, then the final beer that I want to mention, and this, this might come as a bit of a surprise to some people, uh, a beer from Colchester Town Brewery, which was uh, the Old King Cole London Porter. I had this uh, at the Vic, which, again, we'll come on to talk about shortly. Um, but it was on cask, 5% London Porter, and I drank five pints of it. Now, it's very unlike me to drink five pints of the same cask beer, but that was tasting so good um, that I just kept going on it and I just kept drinking it. Uh, a really, really tasty drop, really good old-fashioned, proper, slightly smoky, slightly earthy London porter. Um, I have to admit, it's not one I've tried. I was just having a quick look and I, I've seen it plenty of times in my, my time in Colchester and it was a bit of a perennial favourite at the Colchester Winter Beer Festival as well. Um, I've never tried it, I have to admit. So, I, find that, I find that very strange. Um, I'll be honest, um, apart from a couple of the house beers at the Vic, something's never quite ticked the boxes for me with Colchester beers. Um, but I am now a few years ago since I tried some of the other ones outside of the Vic. So um, may, maybe there's a the gap in the market there for me to, uh, to revisit some of the Colchester beers next time I get to Colchester at some point in 2020-something. <laughs> you can live in hope, mate. You can live in hope. One, well, I think that's all we can do at the moment, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, while we've been talking about all, all of those delicious beers and, that we've been <laughs> drinking and, and, and things that we've been up to, my Kai, uh, again, literally evaporated from that glass. It was so drinkable. Um, loads of loads of citrus going on in that. Uh, nice sort of kind of soft juiciness just towards the, the finish, and then there's this really balanced bitterness on on the end of it. Uh, really tasty little drop that at, at just just the five percent as well. Just I, I could have drunk I could have drunk another one of those. I could have easily done a four forty of that. Yeah, I thought I thought we'd take the same thing, Steve. When I had it, I thought it was a really well accomplished, decent beer and. Again, it's one I could have had a couple of cans or maybe a 440 or, you know, a pint on pint on keg from a keg line would have gone down rather nicely, especially on maybe a, like the weekend just gone. Nice, some nice weather. I think you'd quite enjoy that one then. Um, the one I had, the, the session IPA at 3.7%, same 440 can, really enjoyable. Nothing really new to add, but it was just very consistent throughout Still not sure about the whole shape the can thing, but I guess we'll find out a bit more as we go through the evening, Steve. Well, almost imminently, because my second beer tonight is going to be another version of Kai. This is Kai Triple X. It's an 8% version of, of the beer that I've just had. But this, interestingly, is an Imperial Black IPA. So it's the same base recipe essentially they've just used darker malts in it to turn it into a black ipa and i find that quite interesting that they've got an imperial version of what is quite a uh, niche on trend beer so you've got a, a double dry hot chinook ipa and then it's it's older sibling is an imperial black ipa so so yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to getting into this i'm, I'm still lightly shaking the can by, by the way to to see how it goes um, apparently, this is their, that was their two hundredth brew. The beer you're about to have, Steve. Yes, yeah, I've just, no, just noticed uh, that on the back. And apparently, it's got four times the amount of hops as the Kai. Get me into well. this beer. <laughs> so they've really upped the hops. 
and they wanted to make it a black impy IPA as well. So, I mean, the, you know, this beer reads as Steve will love this beer. It feels that way, especially the love that I was just giving for black IPAs anyway. Exactly. Um, I am drinking the uh, Donkey Stone Pale Ale. Uh, this one comes in at 4.7%. Uh, so quite a, quite a bit less than your one there, Steve. I'm, I'm definitely in sessionable range, I think, still. You've, you've leapt out of sessionable range. Um, this one doesn't say anything about shaking the can. Okay. Interesting if, that some of them do. Yeah, and if you've shaken yours enough, perhaps we can crack them open. Yep, let's, let's go. Okay, the good news is it didn't go everywhere. Um, so I, I maybe... can vouch for that. The screen has not been splattered by Imperial Black IPA. I would, um, I would appear to have done my job. Listeners can't see this, but I've got a fairly decent little head yeah. on the top of that. Yeah, that look, that's looking all right. How dark would you say it is? It's, uh, it's not black. It's, it's <laughs> ruby red. It's a deep ruby. Yeah, it's not quite. I think we were talking about that last time with um, Russ, weren't we? About trying to make the beer a bit darker. And that, I thought that because this is a, again, you're having a beer that I had already, and I remember thinking, "Hmm, I was expecting it to be a bit darker." So um, my one looks as I'd expect a pale ale to look in the glass. Pretty much what mine looked like. Yeah, nice and yeah. golden. So I'm going to get into this, Steve. Yeah, let's give them a try. Cheers. Cheers. Straight away on the nose of mine, I'm getting the piney resinous that I look for in, in, in a black IPA. Not really a lot of roasted notes going on on there. On the mouthfeel, it's, it's very full-bodied. Um, it's quite sweet. There's, there's some sweetness to it. So I'm wondering if, if it is a ramped-up version of the double dry hopping from the, the, the earlier beer. Maybe that's resulting in some of that res residual sweetness in there. Uh, the finish is, is, is quite bitter. Uh, there's there's a subtle subtle hint of roastedness in there. Not a lot though. Not 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 a lot. It's uh, it's it's fairly easy to drink, um, but it it feels big. Interesting. Um, my thoughts on that beer were completely the opposite. Okay. Uh, I I didn't go. I didn't get on with it at all. I didn't find anything really that ticked an IPA or a black IPA for me. Um, admittedly, I didn't shake the can, but not sure that should have t as much bearing on it. I just found it, I hate to use the word, I found it a bit disappointing, to be honest, um, because, you know, when you read what's in it and how it's come about, I was ready for it. It was like, yep, yeah, bring it on. Ticks, ticks the black IPA boxes in the description, but for me, didn't deliver it, I'm afraid. Um, possibly we had a different batch. I mean, that, that's possible. Um, I could have just been really unlucky, but yeah, it didn't really tick any of the boxes for me. I was, I was, a, I was a bit sad. Sad emoji. That, that is interesting because it, it shouldn't come down to, to, to whether you've had to wake the drink or not. No. Should, should it? Um, I mean, that, that being said, that that head that I had has dissipated completely. Um, there is still a little bit of life in it, but since I've taken that first sip, it's, it seems to have died right down. Um, and I'm, so I'm interested in, in this procedure that they've used, that, that they feel as though they've got to invigorate some of their beers to, to, to get them to perform. Yeah, but yes, you may lose some of that 
carbonation and maybe the, the head doesn't stay with it so therefore you probably don't get maybe some of, the, some of the lacing the rest of the notes should all be there though that you described and unfortunately they just weren't for me it just it just didn't work um and like i said it was a bit of a it was a bit of a sad moment it was towards the end of the evening I was, i'd sort of saved it as you would towards yeah. the, the latter part of the old drinking journey of a saturday a friday or saturday night and yeah it just came away feeling a bit meh it's a real shame, I have to admit. That is a shame. You, and and you, you can't win them all, can, can you? No. Sometimes when, when you're trying beers. How are you finding the, uh, the, the DPA, the, the, the straight up parallel? There's a real battle going on within this beer between the multi backbone and some really nice orangey notes. And the first bit of aroma you get is just all molten biscuit. And it's not what I want in a pale ale. That's not what I'm looking for in a pale ale. Um, give me that in a you know a, a slightly browner, redder cask beer, and I'm with you on that journey. But if you're going to say you're uh, you're a pale ale, it's not what I'm expecting. The end of it, the orange, almost a pithy orange, really does come through. I it, I'm having to tell myself that is going to happen because the multi bits are really strong. It, it put me in mind of, and, and I agree with, with everything you, you, you said there. Um, when, when, when I tried it, it, it put me in mind of a kind of more traditional, maybe more regional brewery, just doing a straight up English parallel on, on, on cask. That's almost like a, like, like a house parallel. Um, yeah. There wasn't, there wasn't really too much going on in there to, to, to excite me. I just think they've got too much on the malt. I mean, they've got Chinook Centennial Cascade. So three big C hot bombs, and you're not really giving them the chance to shine. You're, you're sort of drowning them out a bit with the malt bill. Yeah. Um, which I think is a shame because, like I said, once you get past that first bit, the second uh, game of two halves here, that malt is all the first half. And then the orange, the lovely orange piney notes start to come through on the back end. But if you're not a fan of that multi backbone and I'm not in this kind of beer, you have to work hard to earn the piney notes. Yeah. See, I, I, I did question whether that one in particular would work really well on cask because I, I, I think, I think that the cask version might just dial down some of those multi notes and, and allow some of the other ingredients to come through a little bit. I think potentially it might balance or mellow a little bit better. Um, like I said, really enjoying the second half of it, but yeah, I'm having to work hard at this one. Well, while we finish these two beers, let's get into this week's questions. Opinions, 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 opinions. First up, the other poll that, that we ran this week, and I'm <laughs> shaking my head here. The listeners can't see me shaking my head, was your brainchild. <laughs> of asking this ridiculous question of would you put ice in your beer? Uh, Martin, please explain to me and to the listeners where this question came from. Uh, it's been probably knocking around in my head since early, early doors when we had the, some glorious early summer, late spring weather. And um, the girls in the house were enjoying their home delivery cocktails. Obviously there was a lot of ice being used and I was just, you know, a little bit, you know, especially with a 440 can, sometimes it starts to warm up in the glass. Um, and then for whatever reason, 
I remembered all of those adverts from the mid to late 2000s of Magna's Umbulmer's 568 milliliter bottles being chucked in a glass full of ice. Um, and certainly I indulged myself as well. Uh, you know, I count, count myself as one of those consumers where that, that worked for me. Um, and I wondered, would people do it in beer? You do it, this is almost every other alcoholic drink ice will be added to. White wine spritzer, spirits, cocktails, ciders. Um, I don't think, I can't think of many other groups of drinks where white ice doesn't get added to. So I thought, would people do it with beer? Well, I can exclusively reveal to you that only 10.1% of people do it with, <laughs> with, with beer. Uh, the majority on this one, 89.9% saying no, 548 votes. But interestingly, loads of comments on this one. We had over 40 comments on, on, on this one. And uh, I, I can, this is no spoiler. This is fact. This is one that we will never be discussing or trying on the show. I am not ruining a beer by putting ice in it. It's as simple as that. What if it's a beer you don't like anyway? Well, you say that because I did think, are there any styles that I drink that maybe it would work with? And two that spring to mind is, is, is either a sour, like a, maybe like a fruited sour, where, where the ice might keep it at a nice cold temperature or a cold enough temperature for me, me to be able to drink it, or, or maybe like a fruited goes or something like that. I think it would definitely have to be something that's had some sort of fruit addition. Um, and I think they would be the only times that I think that might be acceptable. But then I, I guess people might be thinking at this point, this, this coming from the, the, the two fellas that decided it was wise to mix a citrus sour with a gin um, back in the summer. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, I would agree with you about the fruit bit, but I was thinking more those fruity, gloopy New England IPAs where they maybe benefit from having a bit of filling out going on. You would, you would add ice to breakfast juice, maybe. I see, I don't see much difference there. And the couple of treehouse beers I had on Saturday night, I did wish I hadn't removed all the ice from the fridge because I thought, actually, I would add it. I can already see the bitter and lingonous comments for the next <laughs> show. It's just like people berating you for threatening to put ice in a New England IPA. Um, and well, not just anyone. Please, Tria. please, please direct your comments to at mjeo 7 on Twitter. Thank you but very much. But if you do want to be included in bittering lingers, Steve needs to see them as well. Yes, so you, we will need to use the hashtag opinions. Um, enough of that madness. Let's <laughs> let's get on to, to to the main poll that we're going to talk about this week. And this week, it's all about um, supporting your local, whether that be your local brewery, bar, pub, shop. And and this is obviously all as we enter into a second period of having to stay at home for a while. So we asked the question um, oh, a while ago now, between now and Wednesday evening, which is where when everyone was shutting down are you planning to visit your pub of choice or local we had 536 votes disappointingly less votes than the ice <laughs> um 43.1 percent of people said yes 56.9 percent of people said no uh we ran this poll for three days to give to allow people uh, a lot of opportunity to get involved and what we do is as always both of these questions will be in the show notes if you want to see all of the many places that were mentioned as as part of this uh, poll Click through on those show notes and you can see all of the comments that were made. As always, what we're about to go through is simply a snapshot of, of some of those comments. 
So first up from Simon Clark at Simon Carbon. I won't be drinking in between now and lockdown 2.0, but I have visited the excellent beer Gonzo in Coventry today and bought some beers and got some excellent advice on Lambic styles from them as they are real specialists in this area. From Mappy Man at Mappy Man 1. On Friday, our small town had the grand opening of a new bottle shop and taproom. I have three days to show my support. Unfortunately, he didn't mention where that, that bottle shop was for us to be able to give it a shout out. Yeah, so let us know. From Mark Bailey at Uproar 13. Booked into Batch Bottle Store on Wednesday night. Luckily, they will stay open as an off-license. From Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers. I'm not. It's rare I make a boozy trip out of the week, but may I take this opportunity to give a massive shout out to Cask. I used to go every Friday with workmates. 10 beers on Cask and many beers. I thought we meant 10 beers on a Friday night. I was going, well done. <laughs> Impressive. 10 beers on Cask and many beers you guys would love. Jaipur on Cask was a regular. I missed them. So for anyone who doesn't know, Cask is sort of in the Victoria Pimlico area of London. From Jeff at Jeff Parrott, still on the fire break in Wales, I'm afraid, but I am hoping to get down to Beer Rift Brewing Company once everything is back open. Don't mind sitting outside for an hour or two if that means we can get to enjoy a delicious beer. From Bullman's Beer Reviews at Greg Bullman, yes, I will be in the fat gadgy and brew dog in Carlisle before they shut again. From Paul at UNRCD, I'm planning to go to the Hope on Wednesday to show support and to thank the staff for doing such a wonderful job. From the Ale Lady, I won't be visiting my local local and haven't since February. I will, however, be continuing to order beer online, some direct from the brewers, but mostly from the fabulous Warwick Real Ale, who've looked after me superbly through all of this. From Sophie at So Beer Blogger, I plan to visit my local The Hiding Place for their reopening on the 19th of November, but unfortunately that's been postponed. So to show my support, I'm booked to go to their sister pub, The Vaults, in Devizes for Wednesday evening. From Mike McGuire at McGuire Mike. I'm due a trip somewhere. Sandy would work very soon and was hoping to have quality cast from Strugglers Inn, so might have to pop up with a growler. Beer Heads Lincoln and Beer Central have been brilliant for takeout and online services. For James at James Moosh, I went to Bundabus Manchester last night, but almost but almost all the other pubs I have I like have closed under tier three because they don't do food. So I expect that will be it until December. Johnny Beer Boy at Johnny Beer Boy? I am heading to the Cornwall Tap, but only because I randomly happened to have annual leave book for today to Wednesday. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have got the chance. Uh, more love for the Cornwall Tap from Shaun of the Dead at 19 Irish Dragon. Went for a pint last night and some damn fine pizza. One of the best venues in Brum, a real oasis of calm in this cavalcade of crap. From your boy, Rob Edwards. Sadly, I voted no, but only because I'm a bus ride away from the places I want to visit. Bars like Tilt and The Wolf have some great merch for sale, so I've supported them by ordering some T-shirts. Jake Williams at Baggins 71. I'm currently in the Fell Penrith bar drinking a Colonel Foda Mosaic. Then I have a Colonel beer the Saison Samson to finish. It looks amazing and you just can't go wrong with these guys. Another fine establishment I visited this month is Bow Bar in Edinburgh. Radio City Beer Works at Radio City BW. Heading to Alehouse Chums for this afternoon. Nice and simple. To the point. Yeah, that, and that would have been the Monday or Tuesday afternoon, I presume. But yes. Went. Yeah. 
From James Ray Bissell, at J. Ray Bissell, currently enjoying my last couple in Tonic Worcester for the time being. A fantastic bar that not only serves top quality beer, but also spirits and cocktails. Very sad that these are the last for the foreseeable future, but needs must. We'll be glad to see on the other side. From Julia Chandler at Julia Act 100, Leon C. Brewery, drink in and take out. From Simon Webster at B's underscore boy. Enjoyed this HSB from Fuller's on Saturday during what proved my only weekend away in 2020 in the White Hart Stockbridge in Hence. From Lou Stringer at Lou underscore Stringer. My last pint in a pub for a while. I live alone in a tiny one bed flat. I work at home now. Not being able to see folk and look at different walks of life are going to be hard. Support your local folks. Some fantastic comments there from people about how they chose to say a temporary goodbye to, to their venue of choice um, yeah. a week or so ago. And, and I know both you and I have our stories of, of, of where we headed to. So, mate, why don't you, you feel free to, to jump in? I went to Leon C as one of the places to visit. Um, I've enjoyed experiencing their, their um, expanded tap room. Uh, bit of a chilly night, um, but did get to... Did get to sit inside because I went there on my own and I wasn't meeting up with anyone there. So, you know, that was on the uh, Sunday before the second set of restrictions came in. And, yep, a bit like Julie, had a few beers in and then took six cans away as well. Um, so that was nice. And also I managed a quick visit um, to my local when I took George out for a walk. And um, very pleasant bit annoying that even despite everything that's going on groups were still mingling between tables and i was thinking at which, at what do people have to do to get it don't understand do not understand two groups of five they sat on two different tables but spent the first five minutes greeting each other with hugs kisses handshakes it's like yay what's the point of sitting separately now that's not the reason for the rule and i'm thinking so hard for places so hard for places to to Manage that, and that, you know that was outside because we were in tier two at that point, so we you couldn't have mixed groups inside anyway. It was like you did not get it. This is exactly the reason why things are happening. It's because of you, not in spite of you. Unfortunately, I think there's that percentage of people, isn't there, that just don't seem to be getting it. That they, they just don't understand that that the reason we're back where we are is, is because they've been able to unable to follow uh, a simple set of instructions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is. So yes, I, I, it was nice sitting there having a pint with George outside, a bit chilly, but I just came away thinking you're, you're part of the reason why this place will not be open in three days time. And, and if, anecdotal evidence, you're just providing fuel for the fire of people who say that that's the right right thing to do by closing hospitality yeah and and if this place doesn't reopen you're part of the reason why yeah so don't go around moaning about it on your local facebook group yeah aside from that how how was the atmosphere in 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 the venues that 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 you visited well at leon c um it was really uh, it was nice i was talking to a guy called robin who does listen to the show i think so hello robin if you're listening um and it was melancholy is probably the best word I would use. Um, the feeling about it, people were trying to be upbeat and spending their money and getting the takeouts. Um, 
the pub I went to when I sat outside, it was hard to judge. Um, so I didn't have as much of a feel for the people who were there or the people who were serving me either. But definitely at the Leon C Brewery, it was like, you know, uh, but the general feeling about everyone who was there because they built up a nice little following is that we will be back. You, 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 you stay alive long enough and we will be back to support you. Um, so yeah, and hopefully they will because, you know, uh, we both know people who work there, Steve. We did, you know, it's probably about a year ago since we did the, the, the show there as well. And they do make some cracking beers. But yeah, melancholy would be the word I would have used. What about you? Where did you go? I went to the Vic, um, booked in on the Wednesday evening, booked in from four when it opened and, and until about eight. If, if it wasn't for having to, to get back home um, for, for childcare reasons, we probably would have stayed till closing. And yeah, I went in, um, it was busy. It wasn't, it wasn't rammed, but there was, most of the tables were taken pretty much by five o'clock. The, the, the staff were absolutely rushed off their feet, but they were doing their best to meet everyone's needs and to keep everybody well watered. I, I did my best to have a good, make a good dent in that cask of the old King Cole London Porter by having those five pints. Admirable, mate. Admirable. I didn't stop there, though. I had a, I had a can from the fridge afterwards. I had a can of Leon C, funnily enough, <laughs> from the fridge afterwards. That, that was having previously um, a couple of days before because they put all of their, basically, they, they reduced all of their cans in the fridge to try and get rid of them and I, I wasn't over in culture in Colchester but I said to him go to the Vic and buy all of the Leon C SS9 because they're selling it off and she did she, she bought all of the cans that, that were in the fridge so nobody else could have any we, we took it all because that's a great beer and the price that they were um, selling it at was I almost felt like we were robbing them um, well you were that's cheaper than the, cheaper the... than you can buy it from the brewery yeah, if you're, even if you're having it on tap at the brewery, that's still cheaper what you paid for it. Yeah, um, but it was, it was a case of I, I wanted to do all I could to, to support the Vic. Um, it is a kind of joke that it's my local, and it is my local when I'm in Colchester, but it's certainly not my local when I'm at home in Whitham. And were it not for the fact that I don't live in Colchester, I think I would be there far more often than, than, than I am. So that's where I wanted to put all of my support. Um, obviously, Rich, who is the general manager there, is, is, is a friend of ours. He's a friend of the show. And I, I wanted to make sure, essentially, that him and everyone else still had a job to go back to. And I, I think it wasn't just me that took that view. Most of their regulars turned out on Wednesday night to do everything that they could to support the place. No, and I think that's good. I mean, the only other place other than the Vic, as you've, you've just mentioned, I would have tried to go to the Ale House at Chelmsford where we hold the bottle share for real and where we did hold it for the first five years before this all started. Um, and I know that uh, a few of um, our friends from the bottle share that we've been doing online, I think they did get out on Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening, suffered a little bit for their art because obviously having to be outside and the tables outside, because of where it is, can catch that wind a little bit going down along the side of the viaduct opposite the bus station. Um, so well done to them. And again, you and I would both love to see, well, there's not many places I would like to see not reopen, but everyone has their favourites. And the Ale House and the Vic are two places that both you and I hold quite dear to us. And 
them along with others. I just want them all to get through this. I just want them all to get through. Yeah, there was there was a great feel of camaraderie in 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 the pub on Wednesday evening. It was like everyone knew that they were there for the same reason, and that there there was this kind of atmosphere in the air that there was a subdued happiness. People were enjoying being out and enjoying drinking and enjoying chatting to people across the way on tables next to them and drinking their beers and just having a good time. But at the same time, that was kind of laced with, don't know when we're going to be able to do this again. Yeah. And, you know, we, we don't know how we're going to come out into various tiers. I, th- I, think, I think the one thing, though, this time, as, as opposed to last time, because the, the, the last time it was literally like the, announcements, the announcement was made, the pubs are closing tonight and everyone had to go out and be in the pub for the last time. This time there was advance warning of when they were going to close. So it actually allowed people to almost plan to where they could visit in, in those last few days. Yeah, and I think this time, I think you had to do a bit more of that because you have been telling everyone to start taking bookings. So, so many more hospitality venues had tran- transitioned to doing a, some form of bookings. That's a lot of cancellations you'd have to do as well. On top of that, you can do, there would have still been cancellations, but at least you would have given people breathing space. And yeah, a midweek uh, is probably a better day to be doing it than on a Friday or Saturday night when people are inclined to go out anyway. Um, so yeah, it's not ideal. It's far from ideal. My fingers remain firmly crossed for, for everyone in the hospitality to come through this. Um, still don't agree with the decisions that have been taken thus far, um, whether that be the curfew, the, the mixing indoors and outdoors, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's so many things that they're, they're not getting right um, and not delivering consistently. But I really do urge people when they re- when the places reopen and when they feel comfortable to just, you know, support your local, support the places you love. And let's hope there's just less idiots. Let's hope idiocy has decreased during the second set of restrictions. Just keep supporting your, your locals in any way that you can. If they're offering takeout, get out, buy some takeout beers, um, bottle shops, get into your local bottle shops and, and, and buy those beers and continue to let us know where, where you're buying from as well. Use the hashtag opinions and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So first up from Johnny Beerboy at Johnny Beerboy. Another top episode. Russ seems like a smashing bloke and I can't wait to try some Amity beers. Interesting his past with Brewdog. So many brewers and those with other roles in the brewing industry began their careers at Brewdog. I'm not their biggest fan and avoid their beers if I can help it, but they must be one of the most influential breweries in terms of launching careers of future beer professionals. And that's to be applauded, I think. I've got to agree with that. I, I, I think not, not just Russ, that there, but there are many other people that I know. And certainly I was listening to uh, another podcast recently where they had a fellow on from Weird Beard, who's, who's now their marketing manager. And he started off at Brewdog as, as, as well. And I just think they maybe do launch the beer careers of, of, of so many people. Yeah, there's more. There's other, I'm sure we could between you and I and our listeners could probably come up with a fairly decent uh, list of people who at some point went through the brew dog work. 
went through the bars, the marketing, the brewery, whatever it might be. I reckon you come up with a fairly decent first 11, if you're talking in sporting terms. From Gareth at Barrel Aged Leeds, uh, really good show this week. Really looking forward to Amity opening up. Uh, I believe that Gareth lives quite close to where, where it's going to be. So look, um, I imagine he's looking forward to that being a local haunt of his. Yep, and we look forward to hearing all about it when we can't go. But thanks anyway, Gareth. <laughs> um, from Pete at Hops and Hoops. Top show. Love the sound of Amity's approach. Astounded to hear that you can get a 20% ABV beer on trains in the US. I did have to add a little correction to my... I, I'm pretty certain I referenced the uh, Dogfish 120-minute IPA. I actually meant the 90-minute IPA. So you can get 9% beers on, on Amtrak rather than 20% beers. Still more than you can get over here, mate, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a quality 9% beer as well. Yeah. Um, so yes, apologies for my... Uh, 20%, but I still think 9% ain't too bad. Boston Show Chaps, a great way to start my day off. Russ was a great guest also. I need to get my hands on some Amity cans from your boy, Rob Edwards. There's a lot of love for both Amity and Russ uh, coming out of last week's show, and that love continues here. Uh, Simon Dewist at Simon Sloth. Great show, guys. Fascinating to hear Russ discuss his beer philosophy and the hard work it takes to set up a new brewery. I'm definitely going to try out some of their beers now that I know the story behind them. From Rich Taylor at Rich Taylor 1608. Great show, chaps, on the question of single occupancy in pubs. As bad as it is, I have seen friendships formed when two strangers sit next to each other. Not all has to be doom and gloom because these friendships are what pubs are about and will continue when life is normal again. Beers Without Frontiers. Excellent show, guys. Russ was an excellent guest. All the best to Amity for the opening of their brew pub. Also, I guess correctly, the outro music. I'm sure Simon was very pleased he did as well. From Ronnie Bean. Enjoy the show. Amity's brew pub sounds like a must-visit next time I go to Yorkshire on a beer tour. I'd agree, Ron. It's definitely going to be on our Yorkshire beer tour, tour itinerary as well. Without a doubt, yeah. Uh, from Paul at UNRCD, another great episode and was really interesting listening to Russ and what is happening with Amity. Another location to add to the wish list when we can travel again. Also, the sound quality was great. All three of you sounded like you were in the same room. Well, thank you, Paul. I think we were just really fortunate that Russ actually had a really good setup at his end as well. So it, it did enable us to have a really good discussion with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, but thank you very much for saying it. Yeah. And then from Mark Thorpe, who left this comment on our website, which is the first comment we've had on the website in about three or four years, I, I think. So this is a, a momentous occasion reading this out, actually. Uh, really enjoyed listening to Russ Clark. The brewery is creating sounds amazing. Only wished it was in South Cambridgeshire rather than Farsley. Another quality show. Only 13 days to wait until the next episode. Sad face. And finally, from Ryan at Ryan Carter 10, a massive belated thank you for my previous mention on the show a while back. I continue to absolutely love the show and making a concerted effort to backtrack through episodes, currently sitting on episode 36 while cooking tea. The show has really helped over lockdown and has continued to provide a bit of light relief every week. After being made redundant back in June from a role as an operations manager in a luxury hotel, I've now been forced to diversify in delivering parcels for a certain gargantuan online retailer. However, it raised the question while job hunting that as a massive beer geek, with it being both a passion hobby and topic of conversation for over two years, made me wonder as to how or if breweries would ever, COVID aside, consider knowledge and people skills which ultimately forged my past career 
as a way into sales, for example. I know there are a massive amount of fellow listeners who are currently in the industry and I would love to hear their opinion. Maybe what they look for, desired attributes, or if experiencing beer is the only way in. Keep up the good work, gents. And again, a massive thank you for your time in putting out the pod for us in these challenging times. Thanks, Ryan. And thanks for sharing some of those other thoughts as well. I think the question he raises there is an interesting one in, in, in terms of transferable skills. I think, unfortunately, we're possibly in the situation in, in most industries at the moment, in job markets, that they're only going to be hiring people that have proven track records. So maybe switching careers at, at this time isn't, isn't the best time to be doing that. But certainly, if, if you're able to sell those transferable skills on a, on, on a CV to, to somebody, then it, it should at least get you an, an, an in. I would say so. I mean, we know people who've tra- transitioned between different sales roles, going from various companies, and maybe have gone from spirits to beer or beer to soft drinks. There's definitely a sales element but I would also agree with what Steve said. There's probably a certain um, say from what you know, whether that be as a prospective employer or as a prospective employee. But I'm sure that if anyone's got any information, I'm sure Ryan will quite happily accept some DMs with information attached. Yeah, for sure. Or you can DM it to us and we'll make sure it gets it gets forwarded on to, yeah. to, to Ryan because sometimes you have to be following each other for the DM system yeah. to work unless you've got your DMs open. So as, as Martin says, if anyone's got any advice that they'd like to offer, uh, let us know and we will pass that on. Final thoughts on the beers that we've just finished then? It was still a struggle to get past that malt, mate. Um, even though I knew it had these piney slightly orangey piffy notes what i mentioned earlier i really was working hard to go through that first bit really working hard to go through that first bit and it didn't die off it didn't mellow i didn't get used to it and in my opinion shouldn't be there fair enough i i have to admit out of the the the, the three that i tried that was the one that i struggled most with um and again, there's a lot of that beer to get through. What with it being in a 440 mil can? Yeah, so, I could have done with that being in a 330, if I'm yeah. being honest. Um, what's your final thoughts on the uh, Imperial Black IPA? Then? It softened and it became very sweet and very juicy in almost a cloying sort of way. And that really didn't balance out well with what became quite a roasty bitterness on the finish. And, and unfortunately, I, I think it just finished a little bit all over the place for, for me. It didn't really, it, it became a beer that didn't really know what it was. Um, was it uh, a, a double dry hopped IPA? Was it a black IPA? Was it a hoppy stout? Was it a juice bomb? It was, it was just, a, it was all over the place. Um, I, I think I can only put that down to that having to shake it thing i don't i don't understand where that comes from well i mean i didn't shake it and didn't really get stuff from it i mean we probably ended up in a similar sort of place about it not really being what it's advertised to be perhaps um but what i will say Stephen, it's a slight bit of a spoiler alert out of the three i tried that was my least favorite as well so you have another beer i have another beer we've both gone past each other's least favorites so there's only good things to come. Well, that's how it sounds to me. So shall we get into it? Let's do it. 
What's your third beer then this evening? So I have a, oh, it looks a little bit red. This is the De Reaper, double American red IPA, four malts and four hops. And this has upped my ABV a little bit. We're up to 7.4% on my one. What are you finishing off on, Steve? Okay, so I've stepped down in ABV. I've gone down to 5.7%. This is Hop Wrestling 3. This is a USA and New Zealand Hop Tag Team IPA coming in at a ripped 5.7%. And it's covered in wrestlers. I love the artwork on this can. It is, it's ticking so many boxes. However, as I've just spun it around to the back, I was supposed to have shaken this one. Uh, again, it's got that shake thing on it. On it I'm, I'm going to put it out there, but you may not need to worry on this one, Steve. Well, again, it's it's poured into the glass pretty good. It's got a nice white foamy head. It's got a more of a darker amber color color to it. So, I'm I'm hoping for big things from this one. I'm not sure what hops are in it. We'll get onto that in a minute. Let's uh, let's dive into our drinks and give it a taste. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, then that's a bit of a right. I have to. Oh, oh. There's a lot of there's a lot of sweetness, but it's not too sugary. Oh, dry, bitter finish as well on this Reaper. Oh, that's that. I mean, that is gorgeous. I think I'm getting a real. This is no. This is balanced. This is balanced between the malts and the hops. I can feel them coming in at a sort of like fifty-fifty on this one. On if I want to keep the football theme going on the on the possession stats. So this is. I'm looking forward to getting into this. But the, the fruity aroma is lovely. Really nice. Like red berries. It's yeah. really coming out. Um, I really enjoyed that one. That, that no, I'm was... glad this is my last beer. This is good. Yeah. Um, I, again, I will agree with what you say. It's, it has, it's got a really prominent malty caramel note to it. But then that, that balances out with those sort of red fruit flavors that are going on in there. And it does really deliver a beautifully balanced finish. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, in my head, I'm saying gorgeous like Craig Revel Hallwood from Strictly Come Dancing at the moment, which is not what I was aiming for, to be honest. What do you think of the wrestling IPA, Steve? It's brilliant. Um, and that's just the artwork. Uh, it's so good. This is, um, so this is the final. Uh, they, they've done three beers in this trilogy with, with different uh, wrestlers uh, on it. These aren't known wrestlers. They're just artwork of what people will think of as wrestlers uh, but this has got in it uh, a balance of hops so they've got that are weighted towards the New Zealand variety so it's got Waiti and Wakatu uh, in there and it's also got US Amarillo in it and I that for me yes now I've read Amarillo I'm getting that oranginess that you get from Amarillo the pithiness in there and that's balancing out with those really fresh, really vibrant new world flavors works really well together to deliver the perfect finishing move of a bitter finish, which is exactly what you want from something that says it's a US and NZ IPA. It, it ticks all of the boxes. Completely agree. I thought that was the, I think it's pretty much the order, the order you've done the beers in tonight, Steve was the order I did those three in. Likewise. I, I did I did mine the same way that you've done yours as, as, um, as well and I think I wasn't intending to have the resting IPA but I think because I was a little bit sad after the black IPA the imperial IPA I decided to get myself back on track and I have to admit it's pretty much on point and 
ticks the boxes that you'd want it to tick. I think the 5.7% is a perfect ABV for that beer as well. And even as a non-resting fan, I think the artwork is fantastic. Yeah, and I'm so the glad The black it's... and white. The black and white looks really good. Yeah, I'm so glad it's a 440ml can as, as well because that's what I want right now. Um, and it is, it's really refreshing. It's really light and refreshing. I'm going to thoroughly enjoy drinking this while we go through uh, the questions this week. Questions, questions, fill my head. Well, I say questions, the question, and I don't think this is going to take us long <laughs> to, to answer this. So maybe a spoiler alert there. Spoiler, yeah, spoilers. This, this week's question comes from Sophie at So Beer Blogger. I feel like I've moved from one Marmite style beer to another, pumpkin to sabro. Could this be the only Colonel beer that you wouldn't order? And she included a picture of the Colonel Pal Al Sabro. Uh, would you order that? No. No, me either. Thanks, Sophie, for your input. There's, <laughs> there's our response to, to that. Moving on swiftly. We've got uh, a few things to share that we've got coming up, haven't we? We have indeed. Um, let's start with guests. We've got some guests on the next show, as has become our way of doing things every other show. And uh, we're going to be lucky enough to be joined by Julie and Les from Neptune Brewery. I think they've got a few new beers coming out in the next week or so, which we're hoping to sample and share with them. And uh, thoroughly looking forward to talking to both of them. I've followed both of them and Neptune Brewery on Twitter. Never met either of them, so I'm really looking forward to that one in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, me too. Especially after we were lucky enough to try some of their beers uh, a few shows back. Uh, it's great to be able to look forward to sitting down and chatting with them, yeah. uh, especially chatting to them as, as a brewery that have been in the highest level of restrictions for probably the longest amount of time now, as, as well as they're based in Liverpool. So that should be quite an interesting discussion. As always, if you, our listeners, have any questions for Les or Judy, let us know and we will make sure they get asked. Also coming up a little bit further forward, we're bringing back the Crimbo crew, aren't we, mate? Yeah, despite my best efforts in 2020 to convince everyone that we should move from Crimbo Call to Summer Sesh, um, which obviously, sadly, we had to uh, postpone for what will hopefully only be a year and hit up Birmingham next year. Crimbo Call at home. Yes. Now, first of all, listeners uh, that are excited about this, You've got Rob Edwards to thank for this, so make sure you send him a tweet thanking him for this, because when he was on as a guest, it was, it was him that convinced us after the show that we should do a virtual Crimbo Crawl. So we, we decided we'd do it. So basically, the details you need to know, Saturday the 19th of December, there are going to be two sessions, seven o'clock until half past eight, and then nine o'clock until it finishes. I'm not going to put a finish time on it because those of you that have been on the later sessions of the <laughs> earlier virtual events that we did will know that sometimes they will go on into the early hours. The links to both of those events are in the show notes. The um, password that you will need to be able to book your space on either of those events or on both of those events, we're putting no restrictions on. If you want to book, book both of them, that's up to you. The password you need is warm hugs. That's all one word and all lowercase. So if you want to join us for the Crimbo Crawl at home, make sure you get yourself a place. We are going to do something along the lines of the jukebox that we did in the summer. So we're going to be asking for your festive seasonal tunes that we'll have playing. We are going to encourage the wearing of Christmas jumpers and we are going to see this shithole of a year out in proper good style. 
Yeah, in the only way that Beer O'Clock Show Opinions knows how to do it. Which is to drink with our friends. Yes, and maybe the odd barley wine or two as well. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some big beers that, that night. Now, the other thing that we're doing as well that we'll be landing at the end of the year is we're bringing back something that was last done five years ago. So in 2015, when I was still uh, co-hosting Beer O'Clock Show with Mark, we ran a event, a podcast called Beer Nation. 2015 which brought together all of the uk beer podcasters at the time there was only about six at at that time and we managed to get everybody around the table we thought it'd be a great time five years on and in 2020 to bring back beer nation um but with a slightly different round table discussion because obviously there are now over 60 uk beer podcasts and to have all of those in a discussion would just be unmanageable. So what we did, we, we looked at which podcasts we've actually worked with before, who we've collaborated with before, and who we know. And we invited all of those to join us for Beer Nation 2020. Now, we are thrilled that the discussion will be hosted by Emma Inch, or should I say the award-winning Emma Inch from Fermentation. Um, but alongside Martin and I and Emma, we will also be joined by Natalia Watson from Beer With Nat. We'll be joined by some of the men behaving badly. We'll be joined by Stephen from Points of Brew. We'll be joined by Andrew and Luke from Rhythm and Brews. We'll be joined by Adam and Laura from Sheffield Hopcast and also by the team from Beers Without Frontiers. So what we're aiming for it to be is a roundtable discussion looking at where beer is in, in 2020. We're going to be recording that in December and it will be released towards the end of the year. Not quite sure the format in which it's going to be released yet in, insofar as will it be one show or two shows? It depends on how much great content that we get recorded. But I'm really looking forward to, to sitting down with essentially friends of the show to talk about where, well, the state of the beer nation, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I remember listening to this show, the first the 2015 version, and I think it's worth pointing out that the only surviving person from i'm going to say surviving it's not like everyone's died um who's still currently podcasting is steve himself so thanks for bringing it together steve but i have to admit i did listen to it again a second time and i think and again this isn't just to encourage people to listen to some old shows it'd be quite interesting i think people will find it if they listen to beer nation 2015 maybe a couple of weeks before Beer Nation 2020 lands, just to get that contrast in the five years. And also, maybe some of the things that were predicted, maybe one or two of the breweries that were up and coming at the time, um, and, and some phrases that we used maybe for, the, for what certainly were the first time for me. Uh, it was a cracking crowd then, it's going to be a cracking crowd this time. Um, looking forward to recording it. It's going to be a Saturday afternoon, so it could be quite a messy day in the end. But... Um, I'm sure that um, Emma will keep us on the straight and narrow as well. I'm, I'm sure she will. And what we'll do is we'll put, we'll put a link in the show notes to the information about this year's Beer Nation. We'll also put a link in the show notes to Beer Nation 2015. So as Martin says, if you do want to go back and listen, it is a really insightful listen. I was quite surprised when I listened back to it at some of the things we said and some of the things we were saying and some of the predictions that were made. So it is, it is worth having a listen to because you'll have that to then contrast to this year's beer nation yeah it's a real little time capsule moment i think 
So yeah, definitely looking forward to it. We've got we've got a lot coming up um, between now and, and the end of the year, but yeah, and all that starts in a fortnight with with, with Les and, and Julie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a busy end of the year, but it's going to be a fun end of the year, Steve. Yeah, and as, as let's always. Face it, we need a bit of fun at the moment. I just want to take this opportunity to thank the folks at Donkey Stone Brewery for sending the spears across. They have uh, given us a discount code for our listeners. If you want to try some of these beers for yourself, you don't have to necessarily take all, always take our opinions on things. It's always good to try things for yourself. Uh, you can get 15% off of some Donkey Stone beers by using the code BOC15. You will need to download their app to order. And there will be links in the show notes to where you can find that for uh, either Android or Apple devices. I'd say give them a go. Um, yes, Martin and I may have had not the greatest experience with two out of six beers, but certainly for me, the other four beers that I've had, I've thoroughly enjoyed from them. And I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, I would go, you know, if I, if I saw them again, I would definitely be having them. I struggled with one of them, but I think either if that beer was in a different format, I think you suggested maybe on cast, Steve, or the recipe got tweaked. It's a very accomplished beer in there, just struggling to get past the malt barrier. I think the final two beers that me and Steve are having right now are definitely ticking our boxes with the red IPA. You must have really loved this red IPA, Steve. Oh, I, that, was, that was the real highlight of the three that, that you've drunk tonight for me. It, it ticked every box I wanted in, in terms of, of red IPAs. And again, it's just continued that trend of some of these beer styles that we haven't seen for a while, making a bit of a resurgence. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's great to see red IPAs again. And congrats, you know, well done to Donkey Stone for having a wide range and for sending us and being firstly nice enough to send them to us, but also to send us a range, which there's, there's not all, six beers, if you were going to nail all six beers, you'd be doing a fantastic job. Four out of six, still not a bad shout. No, you're still doing well there. So I am certainly going to be enjoying the rest of my hop wrestling, number three. Um, it is really ticking every box that I want from a US-New Zealand hybrid IPA. It's, uh, it's, it's juicy, it's bitter, there's resins in there, there's loads of pithy orange, it's just just really well balanced and drinks really easily. And, and, and much like you said there, mate, where I must have really enjoyed that red IPA, I can probably, I can just imagine your face drinking this and thoroughly enjoying every sip of it. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the IPA, it was, it was definitely a highlight for me, but this, this double red IPA, right up there with that. And you, can't, you can feel it's a bit bigger, a bit boozier, but in a good way. There's, again, so well balanced, 7.4%. It's a very drinkable 7.4% red IPA. We're going to continue these drinks way after this show finishes this evening because they are proper tasty. Uh, keep supporting your locals, folks. Um, keep getting out there and, and buying beer wherever you can as, 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 long, as long as it's local to you. And um, we will very much see you in a couple of weeks' time for some more beers. Cheers. Cheers. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time.